What is up, everybody, and welcome back to uh, welcome back to the Sam's Report. We are rocking and rolling here on a Friday because uh, I'm in a good mood, and I'll explain why a little bit later. But um, uh, another another solid week for Microsoft, I think, um, especially on the earnings side. Microsoft announced earnings this week. Uh, they announced a bunch of different stuff. They got some things coming on the horizon here. And uh, just real quick highlight, because there's a million and a half stories, but I do want to touch on a couple things. Microsoft's earnings, they they uh, they blew it out of the water. And I, do, I don't say that lightly. They they had an exceptional quarter. And um, so let me just kind of frame this here. So if you're not familiar, Wall Street sets expectations for what they want the company to do during the quarter. And then um, as a somewhat of a barometer, if they, they do better than that, they are happy. If they do worse than that, then they are they're not happy. I mean, it's pretty simple there. And so Wall Street was looking for $1.08 per share of revenue and 29.2 billion in revenue. And Microsoft slammed the books home for the fiscal year end at 30.1 billion. So they beat on revenue and uh, earnings per share was at $1.13. So they beat on both of the key metrics here. And the other interesting thing, too, is that for the total fiscal year, which, again, for Microsoft ends June 30th, they had over $100 billion, $100 billion in revenue, and they were sitting on around $130 billion in cash in the bank. That is the sign of a healthy company, and um, no matter what you say and or think about Microsoft, they are doing exceptionally well, and they had around $8 billion in net income which is just phenomenal for the company. The company is, um, it, it, regardless of what you think about their mobile ambitions and everything else, uh, while they may not be in the hearts and minds of every consumer and every mobile device, they are, uh, they're, they're doing just fine. And so there you go. One, one specific thing I want to call out just because it was good number, but um, this will make, maybe it makes sense a couple months down the road or whatever. Uh, surface revenue increased 25%, uh, up 21% year over year. Now granted, a year ago, they didn't have a lot of new products coming out and all that stuff. And so they've, uh, yeah, so they've got that. They had a stale product line a year ago and that, right, we all know the story of the Surface at this point. And so it was good for the Surface. Um, which is good for Microsoft, which is good for the PC business, which uh, was up for the first time, I think, in six, was it six years or six quarters or something like that? It's longer than six quarters. But uh, anyways, so Microsoft earnings really solid. It was primarily driven by the cloud. Again, granted, Windows is still making a bunch of money, but we all know the story about Windows. I'm not going to reiterate that. Cloud, I think, was $6.8 billion in their adding to their bottom line, which just goes to show why Microsoft is dumping all this money into data centers. It's clearly paying off. Clearly paying off. Uh, one little faux pas happened, and I actually feel really bad for Mary Jo because I think she was on the wrong side of PR, which this happens inside the world of Microsoft. So this is inside baseball. Um, very oftentimes, they'll talk to people and say, give you a heads up about an announcement. That's not unusual. They do it to me all the time. And I believe they told her that there's 700 million machines are now running Windows 10. And this is what they told her. And I firmly believe this. This is based on her. I haven't actually talked to her for full transparency. This is based on her tweets um, that she talked to them and they said, hey, yeah, we're at we're on 700 million machines. And then during the earnings call, uh, Satya said almost 700 million machines running Windows 10. And so clearly the PR people just kind of screwed over Mary Jo because she ran a story that says, hey, it's at 700 million because that's what Microsoft told her. And then the CEO was like, nah, it's not actually there yet. 
And so this is an, an interesting number for a couple of reasons. We've been talking about the 700 million number for a while. And granted, I want to be clear that 700 million machines running Windows 10, it's not there yet. They've been talking about this since build. They've been talking about it since Terry Meyerson uh, announced that he was going to retire or step down. And they still have yet to cross that 700 million machine. It seems like they're starting to run into an upper bound here on how many devices are actually going to be running Windows 10 at any given time. Granted, I don't want to undercut that uh, 600 million plus devices running an OS isn't anything to scoff at. That is an amazing number, but it's the fact that Microsoft's been saying nearly 700 million for many months means that, um, yeah, so maybe I should uh, fire up a whole bunch of different machines here and help them get to that number. But anyway, so they're not at 700 million yet, even though they kind of announced it, but they didn't announce it. It's been sitting there for about four months. And yeah, overall though, Microsoft is in an extremely cash and business healthy position. Their stock popped after Microsoft gave some strong guidance during their earnings call. And um, yeah, so overall, good job, Microsoft. Um, you know, the enterprise is clearly paying off pretty dang well for them. Uh, other things that were going on this week, Microsoft launched their ultimate game sale. Uh, they had a game sale in June too, which was uh, whatever. But if you're looking to pick up an Xbox game, if you just grabbed a console, especially on Prime Day, which I believe the Xbox One S bundle was the best-selling console on Amazon Prime Day, you can now do that. There, Well, you can do it at any time, to be honest. But there are a bunch of games that are on sale up to uh, the amazing 65% off. 65% off. And so I, I kind of want to dive into, I got two big well, one big topic to kind of dive into here. Uh, so Apple has been going through a bit of a struggle with their laptops lately. Um, if you look at, everybody hated their new keyboard and the, the fact that a speck of dust could in, incur a $700 uh, charge to replace the keyboard, Apple came back and we all know the story now that they pushed out this new uh, device, or the new MacBook Pro last week. And it has this membrane cover for the keys that are going to fix the problem. Great, whatever. But it's bad PR. Apple doesn't like that. Nobody likes bad PR. Let's just be honest. Nobody likes it. But Apple is especially sensitive to it because they they make the best products, right? They, they very much tout this. And they always say this is our best product ever. And... Um, yeah, so they, they pushed this thing out and they said, no, it's just to make the keys quieter. And then some internal documentation said, hey, no, it's actually to fix the dust problem. So whatever, they find themselves in that position. So they've got that going on. And then they launched an i9 MacBook Pro, which is a three or $400 surcharge on top of the i7. But there are now two videos out. I don't have one because I don't have $3,500 or whatever the hell the number is to spare to go buy a test machine here. Although I guess I could buy one and just return it and uh, go from there. But anyways, so two independent groups have now confirmed that the i9 is throttled to hell, uh, mostly because of the thermals. Basically, the internal thermals that Apple built for the i7 do not withstand uh, the additional heat from the i9. And I can tell you folks, the i9, now granted it's a mobile chip, uh, runs exceptionally hot. I have the desktop iteration for this, the, uh, the 10 core, 78 something 100X, uh, the 10 core iteration with a Kraken X62 240 milliliter rad and uh, a push pull configuration. So I have four fans on it, four fans on the radiator. And this thing will regularly hit 75 degrees Celsius when I'm encoding video. Granted, it is a workhorse beast and I love it. But it is a hot chip. There's no other way to describe it. And so putting it into a small, thin laptop like Apple has done without the proper cooling is not going to work out well. And what it comes down to is that last gen's i7 was actually beating the current gen i9 because of the throttle performance. And there's a great video, um, I can't remember who did it, but it just shows him putting the, the MacBook Pro in a freezer 
and that's the best way to get the best performance. And in that instance, when it's in a freezer, uh, it does get better performance than the the current i7, and you get the proper i9 performance. But the problem overall here is that Apple's had back-to-back -back issues with their flagship laptop. And granted, Microsoft, this is a Surface Book 2 right back here, uh, has had their fair issues. I mean, I cannot understate that enough. Microsoft had numerous issues, especially when the Surface Book 2 or Surface Book was brand new. And so they're not immune. But right now, Surface Book 2 hasn't really had any major issues. I've had some minor, very minor things happen uh, with the disconnecting of the, the lid and whatnot. But um, Microsoft should be uh, championing this. I, I would... I don't know if this is even possible, if they could put an i9 in the Surface Book 2 without it throttling. They would need some serious fans. I wonder if they could use some liquid cooling like they did on, what was that, the Lumia 950? It might, might have been the bigger XL. Um, that potentially could <laughs> do it, but this would be, this is, what I'm trying to get to the point here is that Apple has created an opening in the performance arena with an i9-powered um, laptop. I'm talking professional, and this is going to be super expensive they've left an opening for a competitor to come in and show them how it's done. And I would love to see Microsoft do that. Granted, that's, this isn't something that Microsoft can just spin up in a lab. They would have to have been working on this for a while to see, because as we all know, the thin, the thinness of the lid is very tiny. And granted, if you put an i9 in there and all you hear is fans the entire time, that's not, that's not a great experience. So um, I, I would love to see Microsoft do it, but Apple has kind of faltered here on the latest gen MacBooks. And so uh, we will see. We will see here. Um, I, I've got nothing. I, I mean, I expect Microsoft is going to have a fall event. Typically, they like to do these things in October. I would expect them to have an October hardware event. Um, I don't think that's too late to wait. And so if they do it there, that's great. If they don't, you know what? No harm, no foul. Microsoft just keep rocking and rolling with that Surface Book 2. Um, other things happening... Uh, Microsoft is expected to, so this is a kind of a, an odd one. So Microsoft has said they were going to announce new hardware and accessories next month at Gamescom, which I believe happens in Germany, which is another gaming conference as named Gamescom. Um, and then they silently kind of edited their posts and kind of walked back a little bit on it. But I am really, really hoping, oh, I can't grab it, uh, that they announce the next-gen Elite controller next month. We've already seen it leak. It's been out in videos. We know the things that are, are going to be included, including adjustable tension thumbsticks, uh, upgraded padding, and multi uh, additional stop points for the triggers, I believe, if I remember correctly. And then a, a charging case. The case will actually charge it, so it's going to have a rechargeable battery built in. And so if Microsoft does announce this thing for quick availability, I would be buying day one, absolutely, because I love, I love, I love playing PUBG. I can't do this. Here we go. I am I'm failing this morning. I love playing PUBG on this thing, the Xbox One X. I've got a bunch of people I'm now playing with, thanks to a bunch of you who are now joining me online. Um, and and I will buy I will buy the Elite controller day one is what I'm trying to tell you. Elite V2 controller. Now, speaking of Xbox news, I, I can't tell you what I'm about what I'm working on right now, but I got a very solid tip uh, this week. We'll just say we'll just say this week. Um about some of the plans for the next-gen Xbox stuff. Now, granted, this is not going to be earth-shattering things. This is going to be just small, sprinkle little details that I'm going to add on to what I announced with Scarlet uh, about a month ago. And so I think I will have the confirmation I need from a secondary source on this weekend, hopefully. And so look for something on Monday or Tuesday of next week about uh, some of the next-gen Xbox plans. And, um, you know, I'll leave it at that. Um, the story is ready to go. I'm just trying to get another 
another set of eyeballs to confirm what I have heard about what is going on there. And so uh, other things that were announced, Microsoft is taking on Amazon. Just kidding. Uh, Walmart is taking on Amazon with a Microsoft partnership. Microsoft is providing some AI and data capabilities to Walmart to help Walmart take on Amazon, which really means Microsoft is taking on Amazon, which they were already doing with AWS and Azure. But this makes a lot of sense. Obviously, Walmart's not going to go to AWS. Uh, I don't think Google Cloud is there in that capability or respect yet. And so Microsoft has these turnkey AI and ML products, and they're working with Walmart to help them make better because Amazon needs competition. I love Amazon, but I also think that they they need it. And I can't believe I'm ever, I, I never, 10 years ago, I never would have thought I would say that Walmart needs uh, the step up its competition because they, they were known for killing mom and pop shops. And now Amazon's known for killing everything. And so I'll be curious to see how Microsoft and Walmart work together to try to take on Amazon here. And so, yeah, we got that. And then uh, one last thing to note here before we jump into the questions, of which there are many. Uh, Microsoft is killing classic Skype on September 1st. If you're running Skype desktop version 7.0, uh, you are going to need to upgrade to 8.0. And hopefully you don't have much time. Hopefully many things don't break if you have a very sensitive infrastructure. Um, I kind of do. And so I have been playing with it and I think it's okay. But it's definitely worth testing if your company relies on 7.0 and you're going to be moving to 8 and you have third-party software that's integrating with Skype. So that is something that you should definitely be aware of. That is September 1st, 2018. You can go grab 8.0 now, I believe, and start testing. And uh, you should actually, if you're running 7.0, already be getting prompts and pop-ups about saying, hey, you need to get your butt over to the next iteration. So uh, let's jump into the questions here. I shall refresh the page. And let's do it. All right, first question comes from... Oh, geez. I can't... I can't. <laughs> The the, uh, the usernames, I'm terrible at them. Uh, Ingormax, I think, Ingormformax, something says, do you have any info on Xbox Scarlet? Yes. Um, are they going to be traditional consoles or are we going to finally see a handheld Xbox? So I don't think there's anything in the hands, handheld Xbox uh, space. I will try to, I just check back Monday, I think is going to be when I will be able to write about some of this stuff. So, uh, iPrel, it says, what do you guys recommend for all-in-one email management service? As of now, I have a personal Outlook account that I use for all things Microsoft service, uh, ordinary email and e-commerce. And later on, I ended up with a Gmail account after I gave up on Windows Phone and started using Android and the Gmail account, blah, blah, blah. Finally, I have a custom domain that I want to use for more formal email communication. Given, that, given the email mess I'm in, is there any good service or hub that I can use uh, to manage all my emails and webs on the mobile without needing to create a business account like Office 365 or G Suite. Thanks in advance. I think, so there's two options. One, you could try an app like Newton, which you can try for 14 days. Although I will tell you they did up their price to 100 bucks a year. It is not really worth 100 bucks a year unless this is going to work for your email situation, which then at that point it might be worth a while. But for if you only have one, e one or two email accounts, I don't recommend Newton at 100 bucks a year. It's too expensive for what it is. Um, I would try Outlook. Um, I don't know if you have or haven't, but the Outlook mobile app should handle, I think, just about all this. And even the built-in Windows 10 app will handle, I think, all of those scenarios too. And so I'd have to check about the custom domain. That's the only one that's kind of dicey. But I know that the Outlook app and definitely handles Gmail. It definitely handles Outlook.com. And so it definitely handles Office 365. Uh, and so I would check out I, I would check out the Office app. I think that might be your best bet. Uh, NFNMMJ says, Will we see tablet mode improvements in Windows 10 is sorely lacking compared to Windows 10, Windows 8? Yeah. 
this is a question we get a lot. So there is tablet mode, but I don't think tablet mode is doing all that well. I don't think Windows, I mean, think about Windows 10 tablets. There's a lot of touch stuff, but there's not a lot of tablet-y things. I mean, I guess there's a lot of all the Surface Pro competitors and there's a lot of touchscreen stuff, but Microsoft has the telemetry of people actually using tablet mode. And I, I suspect that they don't, to be honest. So I, I don't know if we're going to see some great massive tablet improvements because I don't know if there's a justification yet as to needing that. Um, I mean, I use, like I use this thing back here in a touch screen. I use my Surface Pro in touch screen mode, but I don't put it into tablet mode because I do, I'm usually using the pen or I can just, you know, the tap targets work pretty well. Um, even though they're designed for a mouse, Microsoft has done a good job of making Windows touch friendly in a mouse world first. And so I don't, I honestly don't know. I don't think it's a huge, um, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think it's a huge uh, priority right now, if I'm honest. Uh, Philip Vista says, what are your thoughts on tablet mode in general and touch capabilities of Windows these days? These are back-to-back -back questions. Does it even make sense anymore? I say this as someone who has been a huge advocate for touch and pen input. Microsoft is championed. So he goes on to talk about live tiles, how live tiles basically don't do anything. And, uh, today, and he also says, today's tablet UX functional is functional, but to me feels very compromised experience. I, I, I agree. I think Windows 8 had a better tablet experience. I'm not going to argue that. Granted, I don't, I think Microsoft is still making the right move. I love touchscreen laptops. I don't know what I would do without it. I use it all the time on everything. Just sometimes it's just easier. And I use the pen, it, not every day. I, I don't use the pen every day, but when you need it, it's wonderful. Um, every time we're doing design work, I got to sign a document. I find my pen and I sign the screen. And so um, I don't know if Again, I just I don't think Microsoft is making a full-on effort to go into the touchscreen tablet world because tablets never caught on in the way that I think a lot of people thought they would. It was expected that tablets would replace the PCs in just about every facet, and that hasn't really happened. Apple's still trying with the iPad Pro, and for some, it is. It's done a very good job, but I don't think this is going to come back to bite me. I don't think in the near term, tablets are going to replace PCs um, and even laptops for everyone or, or most people. I, I think the laptop's going to be around for a while. It's either going to be a laptop or a smartphone. Tablets kind of sit in this middle world of where you want more functionality a smartphone, but less functionality than a laptop. And um, they're good devices. I'm, I'm not trying to discount that, but I don't think that the, it's going to be the next wave of computing that takes over the world like smartphones. I don't think tablets are it. I think Microsoft has realized this and they realize that, hey, inking is very good because it spans multiple laptops, desktops, potentially tablets, and even phones. Um, which is why they're focusing on that rather than just a touchable target UI. Like um, I think David Poe called it tile world at one point, but um, it, it, it's, if anybody disagrees and they still think that tablets are going to take over the world, I would love to hear your honest opinion as to why. Um, I think we all know smartphones have taken over the world. That That is fully true, but tablets, granted, I use it. I, my daughter uses a tablet just about every day. But I don't think that they are going to replace the laptop, uh, be all-encompassing and replace the laptop, at least not anytime soon. So, uh, Jules Wombat says, hi, Brad. What do you understand about Andromeda device to be? What platform would run it? So th this is a question that comes up often. I understand Andromeda to be a pocketable, foldable device designed for note-taking, supporting pen uh, input. And it supports dual-screened uh, apps, UWP apps. You've already seen all this device. I don't know. I believe it runs ARM. It, that is my understanding is that it ran ARM. Obviously, Microsoft could change that, but I'm pretty sure it runs ARM. And it's uh, it's a weird device because it's the middle ground between a smartphone and a tablet. 
which I, I already kind of believe that tablets are a, a good solution for some people, but it's not going to be the taking over the world. And so to, it, it sits in a very awkward position, which is why Microsoft is sending it back to the drawing board to kind of be reworked to figure out how this thing is going to fit into uh, our backpacks. And I mean that in a, not in a literal way, in a why would we carry this when we're already carrying a smartphone and a laptop? Um, and so, and if it is Windows, so I do believe it runs Windows. Uh, well, let me put it this way. I believe it's Windows right now, but I could see them converting this thing to Android, to be honest. Because it, Microsoft made a really interesting thing, uh, a, a statement Satya did at Inspire this week. He said that phones are just a Microsoft 365 endpoint. So he, to him, the way he phrases that, he doesn't really care what... Uh, push my hair the wrong way. He doesn't really care what... OS it is running. So uh, based on that, I mean, I could see it running Android, then it would launch with its own app ecosystem. I think Microsoft is going to be watching closely what happens here with this EU ruling with the $5 billion, because if one of the things that Google got nailed for was including their own apps, I'll make a real long story short here. If it comes out that Google cannot restrict the Google Play Store from forked versions of Android, I could see Microsoft building a forked version of Android. I could see them doing that if it could run the Google Play Store natively without having to jump through some hoops like the Amazon Fire has to. So uh, I believe it runs Windows. I could see them potentially tinkering around with Android here. But if it runs Windows, what about the app ecosystem? Well, I think they're trying to get the, uh, the what do they call it? The modern, the modern apps. The, um, oh, I can't, I'm totally like Slack is one, or not Slack is one, Teams is going to be one, uh, web apps. I think they're trying to run that route. And so once those all become in the store, I think that might assuage some of their concerns with this, with the app ecosystem. It's a, that's a good question, but granted they can't launch this thing without a, a wide variety of apps that run on this device because that's what killed their phone and amb ambitions. And so, yep. HRLN Grove says, I realize not all tech bloggers need to cover every change in Windows, but it's disappointing there hasn't been nothing on Petri or Throt announced that the console, like Peter Bright, Ars Technical, Ars Technica article. Microsoft has already uh, promoted PowerShell to be the default command line session for File Explorer. Will Microsoft ever deprecate CMD? I don't think so. That 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 would be a big change, or perhaps shift into a con contained subsystem like DOSBox for 16-bit software. So here's a couple things. One. Um, we have definitely covered some of this on Petri. I know, I absolutely know we have because I, I buy the content every month. I, I pay writers to cover this stuff. And so I know that we've covered some of this as for why I specifically haven't covered it. So I tend not to dive into every facet of Microsoft, um, specifically on things I don't fully know the background of. I like writing about, I know a, a ton about Microsoft, but I can't tell you that I am the PowerShell and command line historian of the internet. And so when these things kind of come up, um, I can read the press release at face value, but I don't like just taking press releases and rewriting them. That's dumb. If I can't add value to something, I typically try to, uh, I don't avoid it. I either farm it out to somebody else on Petri who can take this press release and say, oh, you know what? X, Y, and Z are, are on top of this. And I go from there. If I can't add value, uh, yeah. So uh, I, I typically don't write about it and I don't want to... I don't want to write about something and come off as incompetent because I think that's a disservice to not only the person who took the time to read it, but myself, because I don't, I, I don't mind learning about things. But again, this is, I'm not a PowerShell 
command line historian. I don't use PowerShell and command line every day. And so it's a little bit harder to write about intelligently than just what the press releases say. Uh, Finley says, I'm heading to Ohio. Oh, I live in Cincinnati, by the way. Dayton specifically next week for training. Uh, I'm looking for any recommendations as things to see or places to eat or beers to drink. So I, I don't live in Dayton, but I can tell you there is one place if you like space and you like airplanes. The you the there's a uh, the air the right pat Air Force Base is right near Dayton and it is awesome. Uh, they have SR-71s, they have F-22 Raptors. I think I've, I think there was an F-35 Lightning there when I was there last time. If you like airplanes, if you like space stuff, they have uh, old presidential Air Force Ones there. I love airplanes, despite the fact I hate flying on them. Um, I love air and space stuff. So Wright Pat Air Force Base, extremely cheap. Uh, we actually, I think, got in for free, I think, because we had a pass, like a just a child's pass. Um, very inexpensive to get into. Very cool place to go to kill a couple hours. So that's my only recommendation in Dayton. I don't know a ton about Dayton, to be honest. And so I would I would highly recommend the Wright Pat Air Force Base if you like uh, giant airplanes. Because they have, like I said, the SR-71. There's two of them. I believe two of them there. I believe two of them. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing. All right, folks, that wraps it up for today. Um, like I said, check back early next week. I should hopefully have some more Xbox stuff for you guys. Granted, I, I'm not trying to make this the world's biggest announcements, like it's a whole Xbox console reveal. Absolutely not. But it, it is some good, I think, insider information that you guys will enjoy about Xbox Scarlet and what is coming down the pipeline. And uh, if nothing else, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. I will be right back here next time on the Sam's Report next Friday. And uh, thanks for tuning in, guys.